Tuttle's is your Vikings headquarters for the best football party. They have great game day specials on Miller Lite and Coors Light tap beer. Tall stadium cups for just 5 bucks, plus $5 food specials, including brats, hot dogs, jumbo sloppy joes, and pulled pork sandwiches. If pizza's your thing, get 5 bucks off any large pizza. Tuttle's has cool game day giveaways, too, including a free number board with your chance to win a $100 gift card. Take in all the Viking game food, fun, and festivities at Tuttle's. Tuttle's Bar and Grill in Hopkins. Go Vikes! All right, John, rare opportunity I can brag about something. I actually picked the Vikings to beat the 49ers last week on this show. They actually did it, and it was a fascinating game, a fascinating night. We were both at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, The Vikings put themselves right back in the middle of contention. Uh, Let's get into all that here on the Viking Update Show. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We want to thank our many sponsors, including Twill in the Dining Galleria, TSR Injury Law, Star Bank, Tuttles, and I also want to spe- send a, a special shout out to Bear Cave Brewing. They've been hosting some of our live shows, a uh, cool place in Hopkins. We'll tell you more about all of our sponsors later on. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And uh, hey, if you like the show, tell people about it. We've had a blast doing the show and building this network. And you can also hear my partner on this show, John Krasinski, on his own show, The John Krasinski Show. Great to listen to as the Timberwolves get rolling. This, of course, is one of our Viking shows, along with Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. And let's get to it, John. Uh, big moment in this season. They are now three and four with six very winnable games coming up. Uh, that was their best performance of the season by far. What did you take away from it? Yeah, I mean, first, I will um, give you the pat on the back because you deserve it, because I thought that you were insane. when you picked, <laughs> when and, well, you picked and you're them not that win. you're wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, I could I could still be right. Both yes. things could be true. Yes. You could be right about this game and and insane. But um, yeah, I, you know, the, this was one of those games and we, we see it regularly where the team will say no one believed in us, but the guys in this locker room. Well, they they were actually kind of true this time around. I mean, there you were the, uh, on the bandwagon, Jim, very few others thought that they had a chance and I was one of those who thought um, that they were just going to get overwhelmed physically um, from this game and that is where I want to start because on the first possession of the game when Shervarius Ward just rips the ball out of Jordan Addison's hands for an interception you think okay, here we go. This is exactly what the 49ers are going to do. They're going to come in. They're going to flex their muscle. They're going to beat the Vikings up and just kind of take the candy from the baby. Uh, What ultimately happened was that this team stood up from a physical standpoint against a big, nasty opponent more than any other time that I can um, remember in, you know, in recent memory. And it started with the smallest player on the field. I thought Jordan Addison, after that first um, game, uh, first play of giving up that interception, he was tough as nails out there the rest of the, the evening. And the offensive line was great. Kirk Cousins was great. The defense stood up. But I just thought that Addison's toughness, his ability to respond in that big moment, 
um, and then deliver two touchdowns. And one of them where he literally just turned the tables on Ward and and took the ball out of his hands and scored. I thought that was kind of the tone setter for the whole evening. It was really an impressively, you know, um, tough performance from a team that often gets pushed around in these kinds of games. That is right on, especially what you said about Addison. And, you know, go back and look at the game. I rewatched it this morning. Uh, we're talking here on Tuesday morning. And there are a lot of big plays in a game like that. Uh, and a lot of praise should be passed around to the coaches, a bunch of different players. Key play in the game, though, is the Vikings have the ball. Uh, no timeouts left, 16 seconds left, not enough time to – uh, throw the ball downfield, have a completion, and spike the ball. You're going to run out of time in that situation. Cousins throws the ball up, throws it behind Addison. Very easily could have been an interception. Maybe the guy returns it uh, for a way, and the, and the 49ers get a chance at a field goal. If nothing else, the Vikings end up without a touchdown that they desperately needed. Addison turned a bad pass in a hopeless situation into a long touchdown. Uh, that was key. It was also really impressive for all the things you said. He is not a very big guy. In fact, he's a small guy. He's a lean guy. And for him to show that kind of – we know he has skill. Uh, you love his feet. You love his hands. But for him to show that that level of toughness, strength, competitiveness in that situation, that, that won him the game. It did, and Kirk Cousins said as much after the game. He said it was the game-saving play. And yep. um, But I do want to just go back even a little bit further – um, in that first half, the sec, so the, the Vikings have the turnover on the first possession for the fourth game this season. And you're thinking, man, this team, they cannot get out of their own way. Um, then they force a turnover on the 49ers and Addison made a really tough catch over the middle and took a big hit from the safety. I forget his name. Um, but uh, it was almost the same kind of contested catch that Ward took away from him, but Addison made the catch first down, and I thought right there, like, oh, this is impressive. So, you know, he comes right back, Cousins goes right back to him, and and Addison learns from the increase in physicality and just uh, wins that battle, and I do think that kind of set him up then to do it against Ward, and you heard... Um, Kirk Cousins after the game and he said that he could tell by the look in Addison's eyes by the conversations they were having on the sideline after that ward interception that he said I could I could tell that um there was a determination in Addison that he was not going to let that happen again and when a player like that responds in that way I think it lifts up the entire team that that play at the end of the half really did change the tenor of the whole game because San Francisco had just scored a touchdown and they were getting going to get the ball coming out of the third quarter uh, out of halftime. And so they were really in position to sort of wrestle back control of the game from the Vikings and really impose their will on it. And Addison just kind of jo dropping jaws by yanking that ball away and going for the score uh, it just really did kind of turn the tables and I think injected some more belief in this team that they could go out and do it. And, um, you know, it was it was interesting, Jimmy, just being in the locker room after the game. Uh, you know, you see all these guys, these big hulking 
football players and they wear these kind of form fitting tank tops under their jerseys, soak up the sweat. And it's all, they're all, they're so tight. Like they look like they're going to burst through it with their muscles, with their physiques, all that. And Addison's literally like hangs off of him. It drapes like he is so skinny and he's 175 pounds. Greg Joseph outweighs uh, Jordan Addison by 31 pounds. Like, like that's how small this guy is, but he played so big last night. And, and I think like that sort of attitude that he brings is maybe something that we overlooked a little bit because he's been really good. He's scored scoring touchdowns. He's making big plays, but if he is that tough kind of guy as well, that really does open up another level that he can reach in his career. If he's got that competitiveness and that fire and that toughness. Agreed. And the other thing is that, there are a lot of good, competent, good, very good NFL receivers who can run routes, catch passes, put up decent yardage totals, contribute to offenses. And so many of them don't score many touchdowns. Uh, it's yes. Scoring touchdowns is a skill, a knack, probably a mindset, a reflection of athletic ability. It's got, a, I mean, scoring touchdowns in the NFL is hard. Justin Jefferson has gone through stretches where he's been a dominant receiver and not scored that many touchdowns over a certain period of time. Addison has six touchdowns in seven games. He has he scored touchdowns when he's the third option, when he was barely a part of the, the game plan. And then last night when he was a big part of the game plan, he scored two touchdowns against a good defense and probably should have had three or four. Uh, you know, he got his hand held on a play he probably turns into a touchdown that ends up in a pass interference call another time cousins who otherwise played brilliantly missed him when he was wide open in the back of the end zone scoring touchdowns is a great indication indicator of value at the receiver position and addison's already producing in that category it's a great point jim and and what i i think is the obviously the most um important and i think the most impressive part of this start to the season is now in these last two games he is the guy and Justin Jefferson is not there to take away a lot of the attention and so that Addison can kind of feast on advantageous matchups with the third or fourth cornerback they you know kind of you know getting open on the backside and 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 surprising people now they know he's coming and remember, Jim, like even before that second touchdown or the touchdown right before the half, he had already had a touchdown earlier in the half. And so if there were any sort of um, underestimations by the 49ers about what Addison was capable of doing, he really did show them earlier in that half and he had their attention and yet he still made the plays and he still came up with big time um catches in the second half came back from the iv and had a had a good catch and is forcing penalties on on the niners because they can't stick with him and so uh you look at it and he is one of two or one of three vikings receivers that has had a 100 yard receiving day as a rookie on a monday night football and guess who the other two are jefferson and randy moss and Mm -hmm. and so the, the the start to his career has been very promising, but to see him raise his level now that the Vikings desperately need him 
to be more than just a second, third, fourth option. They need him to be the guy. And he looked every bit of the guy against the Niners, against a great defense. Um, and and so it really does, you know, I, I try to avoid the, the pendulum swinging too, too wildly in the NFL. But when you look at what now is opening up for the Vikings as they get into a different part of their schedule to win that game at home and have that performance for Madison, it all of a sudden makes you think that, hey, all is not lost with this team. They can find a way to score points and keep going. And as the schedule softens here a little bit coming up in the middle of the of November, uh, they are in position to get back in this thing if they keep playing with the tenacity that they did and with that Addison did uh, against the Niners. And Joe, big picture here on their chances and hopes and reality. I thought – before the season started, I picked this. I picked this team to go eleven and six, and looking through the schedule, trying to figure out how many games I was going to pick them to win, I had them at three and four at this point. To me, beating the 49ers kind of makes up for you know probably the worst loss of the season is home opener uh, against uh, kind of an average Bucks team. You've had six months to prepare for that game. You had Jefferson healthy. They they should have won that game. The, to me, this makes up for that loss. It puts them right where I expect them to be right now. And the next six games, you know, they really should win four or five the next six games. And if they do, they're going to be in a wild card spot and they're going to be within striking range of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you look at it like it, so they're at Green Bay next week, and Green Bay doesn't look very they're good terrible. at all, right? And then you have the Falcons on the road. You're at the Falcons. Yeah. They're just whatever. Uh, yeah. The Saints at home, whatever. The Broncos on the road, I know they 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 beat Green Bay, but the Broncos are terrible. They are. Um, you're home against the Bears. You're home. Uh, you're on the road against the Raiders. Um, th- these are all games that stack up that say it is right out there in front of them. And then as you get maybe toward the end of that stretch, see what how Jefferson is doing. Um, and, and maybe you're getting, you're, you're, you're incorporating him back into the fold, possibly at the back end of this as that hamstring, uh, gets a little bit better. So, um, you know, for, for a team that I was very, not even lukewarm on, I was cold on, I just did not look at this team and see them having it, especially from an offensive standpoint, a win like that on a Monday night against a very good 49ers team, even one that was a little shorthanded offensively, um, they weren't shorthanded defensively really at all. And and to to make the plays that needed to do, Kirk Cousins was great. The offensive line was great. I think that kind of performance is worthy of getting people to reconsider where this team is and what it's capable of doing. Agreed. And listen, Debo Samuel being out is a big deal for the 49ers. Yeah. He's such a big part of it. He's a great player and he's just hard to game plan against. And you can you can use him so many different ways on offense. Trent Williams is out, one of the best left tackles in the game. But I'll, hey, the Vikings are missing two, probably two of their six most important players. They're missing Justin Jefferson, maybe the best player in the NFL, and Marcus Davenport, who's a big key to their defense. And, you know, so many things I want to get to still. Let's let's transition to coaching here. Uh, Brian Flores without Marcus Davenport against a very good offensive team. Um, he had he 
I mean, his guys made the plays. Bynum was great. Smith made a couple big plays. Uh, Daniel Hunter was good again. Wanham and Patrick Wanham had a really good game again. Uh, you know, and uh, Caleb Evans is standing up in tough situations. Had one really nice play on kind of a crackback on a short pass. Uh, and they, you know, they didn't get torched by a really talented team. I mean, that's kind of the job of this defense is just to hang in there. It is, and and I, I guess I have been kind of just impressed with the way that they just find ways if that's if that's a way to put it even i mean um you know for a lot for much of the uh the last couple of weeks daniel hunter's been the dominant player and been terrific and productive and he was really good last night but he wasn't overpowering um uh, from a just an individual standpoint he had some really good moments i think he played very well but um but overall was just you know, a, a really solid performance. and But it just seemed like the group together just kind of hung in there. And this was, I was very concerned about the Niners' ability to manhandle them in the physical running game. Now, without Trent Williams, obviously that's that's a big uh, loss for them and, and they might've, you know, fared much better, but I thought McCaffrey was going to really have a big game, um, and get loose. And, uh, early on in the game, you're watching it sort of unfold. And it's like, man, they're giving up a lot of cushion to these receivers. And Brock Purdy is, is finding time and, and, and hitting these guys downfield and, and they're, and they're really wide open, but it was a group that just sort of banded together and got enough stops um, and, and kept them at bay uh, when they needed to. And so I thought it was resourceful. I thought it was, I thought it was, um, you know, opportunistic with Bynum uh, making his plays with the fumble, with the, with the interceptions. Um, I just think that it, 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 you can tell with, the defense that they are starting to stack enough performances on top of each other, that there is a belief that is circulating in there. I think Brian Flores has done a really good job of injecting some swagger and belief into, into that group that was just torched last season. And so uh, I did not expect to be sitting here after week seven saying that the Vikings defense has actually been a strength or maybe even the strength of this team, but that's been the case so far i mean finally the offense got going a little bit yesterday um but prior to that they'd been really underwhelming offensively uh with jefferson without him and but it's that defense that has just kept finding a way and um and so even without davenport uh to be able to do the things that they did to get one playing as you said um and, and coming up with it just really uh admirable effort and another group that just was not going to get bullied uh in that game and the Niners just love to bully you on both sides of the line of scrimmage and they were not able to do that either way on Monday night exactly all right I want to talk about O'Connell uh, about some of the, the newer additions to the roster about cousins uh first I want to let you know we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Service Studios football eating chili and cool crisp air you gotta love fall and it gets better Aquarius has extended their Connecticut fall blowout sale to November 18th that means 25% off the world's most efficient water treatment system enjoy spotless dishes shiny fixtures and purified drinking water as your independent authorized Connecticut dealer Aquarius 
Aquarius is here to make your water worries go away. Enjoy 25% off and schedule your free water analysis today at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. We appreciate Aquarius Home Services. I also want to tell you about my friend Scott Dayton, who runs uh, Twill by Scott Dayton in the Edina Galleria. As I said last week, this is not a department store. It's Scott's shop. It has Scott's name on it. He takes great pride in it. I had a wedding last week. I wore the uh, beautiful blue Italian suit that I bought at Twill uh, to it. And just, you know, I remember being younger, John, and every time I had to put on a suit and a tie, I hated it. I felt mm. like I was in prison, you know, and I felt like I was going to choke. I couldn't get enough air. And now I, I, you know, now that I'm wearing nicer clothes that I get from, from Twill, I actually was comfortable, you know, it was like, you know, you're, you're, you go to the ceremony, you go to the reception, people are dancing, you, you're up, you're up, you're, you're wearing your suit for a long time on these days. I was so comfortable the entire day. Uh, I want to tell you about two other brands that I wear all the time that I've got at Twill. Johnny O, uh, really great casual stuff. Cool brand out of California with a very distinct logo. I have golf shirts. I have, you know, kind of more casual dress shirts. Uh, just really comfortable. My favorite hat is a Johnny O shirt. Also, Brax. Uh, they make kind of kind of khakis, but they're so much nicer than khakis. Uh, I wore some Brax pants to the game last night, and they're more comfortable than jeans, and they look better than jeans. That's the kind of stuff you get at Twill at Scott by Scott Dayton. Check it out. Twill in the Dining Galleria. Tell them that uh, that I sent you or that Talk North sent you. Uh, they've been great supporters of the podcast network forever. Uh, to let you know about Bear Cave Brewing. Bear Cave Brewing and Hopkins, they bring together incredible craft brews, scratch cooking, and inviting event spaces. They're open seven days a week with 52 available taps serving beer, cider, wine, and cocktails. Bring your uh, pups along. They have a dog-friendly patio and a deck with their own special menu. Great place to hang out. Uh, they've been hosting some of our live shows as well as, uh, as you know, Tuttles. Tuttles has been hosting live shows for Talk North for quite a while. Cool place, uh, bowling alley, bar, sports bar, restaurant. Great place to hang out in on the uh, the west side of town. Check them out as well. Uh, let you know about TSR Injury Law. Big sponsors of the John Krasinski Show and this show. Uh, we got to know Steve Terry very well. Just remember, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. If you're ever injured, you're going to need their kind of help. Just remember that number, 612-TSR-TIME. And finally, I want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Starbank. Starbank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relations as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Starbank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. Throwback to the good days. Mobile app check. Convenient services. You got it. Check out Starbank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. So I think uh, in some ways, beating the 49ers at home when you're in their, in the predicament they were in, to me, it's probably the biggest win under O'Connell's tenure. Because obviously they ran away with the division last year. They lost the playoff game. Um you know, it was good for them to win the opener against the Packers last year, but then I, we figured out during the season the Packers weren't that great. Be, to me, beating the 49ers at home when you really needed it, this is probably O'Connell's best moment. Yep, I, I agree with you, Jim, because um, yeah, you're right. 13 and four last year, they had a lot of good wins and close wins and figured yep. out ways and pulled them out and, uh, and, and things like that. But the degree of difficulty uh, with this game, 
against the team that is considered one of the very best in the NFC, even if they were a little bit shorthanded. And when we're talking just in the context of Kevin O'Connell um, as the leader, as the schemer, I thought he was f- fantastic from a game plan standpoint. Um, the, the, the red zone flubs were not good. Um, I, I, I thought that maybe he waited a little too long to go to Cam Akers um, exclusively or, or as the main guy. But when you look at the way that the passing game was schemed up, you looked at the way that the Vikings attacked that 49ers defense and, you know, Kyle Shanahan and that the, the Niners are one of the very best coach teams in the NFL and are well known for their ability to game plan um, to win the battle of wits with Kyle Shanahan, I think that's a big thing for Kevin O'Connell in his second year. Um, there have been moments this season where you've watched it and looked at it and said, you know, what is he really thinking here? Well, this, you know, this team doesn't look ready or uh, that wasn't the right play or that, you know, why are they doing it this way? Why are and they blowing timeouts? Yes. Yes. Game management was, a, is a, has been a big one where last night, just for, for, for example, in that regard, using their timeouts at the end of the first half, the way that they did at, you know, you could have looked at it and said, you know, why wouldn't they just want to try to run this clock out? And maybe while the Niners are deep in their territory, they didn't, they took the timeouts, then they got the ball back and they ended up scoring uh, the, the touchdown because of it. So uh, just very, very well managed and, and, and well, and well called by, by O'Connell. So he still absolutely has some things to clean up. They have to figure out how to be better when they're, you know, inside the 20, inside the 10 yard line and be more effective and efficient that way. Um, but anytime you kind of come out of it with, without Justin Jefferson, um, when Nick Bosa does not even sniff Kirk Cousins at all, uh, just really well done on, on his part. No doubt. Let's get to Cousins. Uh, he's had two terrible moments this season, the pick six in Carolina and the weird shuttle pass fumble against Chicago. Uh, and strangely, the Vikings won both of those games. I would say other than those two moments, Cousins has been pretty close to phenomenal. He's been unbelievable. Um, and and I thought last night, I was talking to Matthew Collar after the game, um, just kind of trying to put things in perspective. And I think that last night's game, you might say was Cousins' best performance uh, in the context of being against a really good team in an adverse situation um, that, you know, you're not expected to win since maybe the New Orleans playoff win. Um, In terms of just the toughness that he showed, in terms of hanging in there in the pocket, even though he was never sacked, um, there was always pressure. There were always people around him. He was moving around and, 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 and throwing darts down the field. The one interception that he had was not his fault with Addison. He probably should have caught that ball. Um, he missed Addison in the end zone one time. Yes. But, but all in all against, you know, a team that is such, such a good team against the pass, especially such a good defense against the pass for cousins to have that kind of success throw for whatever, 387 yards and, 78 yards and, and, and those touchdowns, it was remarkable. And, and then in the season as a whole, he's second in the NFL in passing yards. He's fourth in passer rating. He's sixth in completion percentage. He's just been really productive 
and really good. And then when you can turn that productivity into a big win against the against a heavily favored opponent like that, um, that's a statement game for Kirk Cousins, I thought. No doubt. And 387 yards, usually when we see 387 yards on the board, it's because either you're playing a terrible team or you're behind all game yes. and you're just chucking it. This yep. was not that. These were these were these were legitimate yards against a good defense in a close game. Yeah, and and I thought that um I kind of anticipated this going into the game, but um it it really did play out that way where you know th- this Vikings running game has been spotty at best for most of the season. They did have a couple of really nice runs in the game especially early and and so it made you think okay are they going to go back to that well more but really they didn't. I think O'Connell just looked at this game, what it needed and said, I've got to ride my best player. And with Justin Jefferson out, Kirk Cousins is their best player on offense. And so um, he really trusted Cousins to be able to execute and to make a ton of throws like third and four, third and six, you know, second and two like he's in in run heavy situations he's still throwing the ball because he just believed that that was the the best way to go about it and he trusted that Kirk Cousins was going to make the right decision and make accurate throws and almost always uh he did that they were eight of 13 on third down um he made some tight uh, some great throws into tight windows and um and and just like answered the bell against a team that he knew was coming after him and he knew this was going to be really hard but it didn't deter him and you know i just think yeah if you're putting the mount rushmore of cousins performances in in minnesota together this is probably on there just for the way that he played the command the poise uh the opponent all of the above on a Monday night. Agreed. And uh, let's get to the running backs. I think Madison had a decent game. I think Akers is a better back. I think Ty Chandler might be a better back. I just don't see Matt. Madison runs hard, but I don't see him breaking tackles. I don't see him always hitting the right hole. Uh, To me, he looks awkward in the passing game. I just think Akers is a better player. I just don't know what they're waiting for, really, honestly, yeah. Jim. Um, you know, at this point, I mean, it's pretty clear cut that Akers has the burst. He has the the wiggle, the elusiveness that that uh, Madison does not have. I don't know if it's a matter of Akers picking up the offense or I don't know if it's a blocking thing or what it is, but th- it's very it's getting very hard to justify Madison continuing to be the number one back and at the end of the game when they needed to move the ball and grind clock acres was out there so maybe maybe this transition is happening right before our eyes but um you know i said this on barrero uh before the game like madison is a good back um but he just reminds me of leroy horde like he's a, a nice serviceable back who will get you like the the the, the famous saying is yep. if you need two yards i'll get you three if you need eight yards i'll get you three like yep. that's just that's what madison is there were a couple of uh, runs early last night where um he did break free a little bit for nine or ten or or something and i looked at alec lewis my my athletic colleague and i said a a, a, a more dynamic back turns that into 20 30 right. 40 yards 
you know, and I think Akers has that ability to do that. And I, I have to think we're going to see more of him into Green Bay and, 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 you know, with the rest of the season. I would think so. One more topic for today. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. Thank you for listening. You get subscribed to your favorite podcast app. Uh, it's the easiest way to listen. It's also free. Go to talknorth.com, find the John Krasinski show, find Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, my show with the former Vikings general manager. Lots of hockey stuff. A uh, great baseball show and chin music with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal, uh, John Malay on preps. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. And thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Last, uh, last topic for the day. Hawkinson was having a decent statistical season, but for those of us who watch every minute of every game, we know he just had failed too often in big moments. Uh, and yesterday he didn't. He was he was the guy that they gave all that money to last night. At a hundred percent, and he needed it. He needed yep. that game, Jim. Um, he had been underwhelming. He had dropped passes that the highest paid t- tight end in the league has to catch uh, in big moments. And I thought last night he was tough. He was reliable. Um, He got open when they needed to him to get open. And when he was covered, he still came down with, with, with receptions uh, in traffic. And that is the TJ Hawkinson that the Vikings need, especially while Jefferson is out. Um, to be that just, you know, chain mover, uh, safety blanket, however you want to call it, and and to make some big plays as well. And like he, there was a couple of times during the game where he was either cramped up or or banged up a little bit. He played through it. Like all in all, a, a real tough, hard nosed performance from him. And. Uh, you know, it was not a moment too soon because it was starting to get a little concerning. Like, what is going on with this guy? And you, you I, I was wondering, Jim, I don't know about you, but I was wondering, did the time that he missed in the preseason with his with his holdout mm-hmm. kind of, was, yep. was that affecting things? What, you know, what's happening here? And um, Cousins and Hawkinson were back on the same page. He was rewarding Cousins' faith in him. And that's going to have to be more of that going forward for this offense to keep, uh, kind of putting up performances like this one. Good stuff, John. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll, you'll be hearing from John on the John Krasinski show. Uh, we did a great preview show last week with uh, the great Michael Grady, play-by-play announcer uh, covering the Timberwolves. That was at Head Flyer Brewing. Uh, this week we will be doing just a more standard uh, preview show for the season and talking about Jaden McDaniel's contract. So check that show out and check out everything at talknorth.com.